Greg and I both are big risk takers. In business, it's helped us because we were always willing to take the leap. We've made mistakes. Like one time we tried to do sweatshirts and they sold, but we also sold a size that we didn't even have. Um, oh. So, the, you know, there's <laughs> things that, yeah. 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 There's th- you know, there's things <laughs> that happen. Problem. Exactly. Yeah. But you have to make those mistakes to learn and continue. If you wait till everything's perfect, you just, you'll never make it happen. Give it a year, I bet they'll call you a genius. Thank Welcome. you so much for that Welcome. amazing intro. I'm yeah. flattered, honored. I'm so stoked to have you on the show. You already know that. And I was telling you literally before we started taping, one thing that's so special about you is I really do believe that 2021 and the last five years has been an incredible shift in culture and the fact that women are able to keep their femininity and their softness. Like you have such a soft, sweet, beautiful personality. And yet you are also a boss and you have created a movement in a super competitive space. And I just love that you haven't changed, you know, your own aura, your own vibe to match the idea of like a boss has to be a bitch, you know? Yeah, no, I appreciate (laughs) that. And I think that's the coolest thing going right now that you can with instagram tiktok youtube you can really be whoever you want you can Mm. start whatever you want you can launch a business you can have a podcast like it's really cool how many opportunities are out there now and there's really no one dictating who you have to be and i think that's the coolest thing i love that yeah right yeah i really want to go back to your childhood a little bit yep i know that you traveled a lot so Um, Just give me a a little bit of the backstory because I feel like most people know you from your before and after picture, but your before picture wasn't your before, you know? Yes, you're right. I want to know what created the before. Totally. And I think that's what, you're right, most people see me as like the transformation girl, which I didn't realize until recently, by the way. Yeah. Like people were like, you're the girl in the transformation. And I had I had no idea that's what people knew me from, but... Which is actually remarkable when you think about it because everybody has things that they want to change, but to be yeah. successful in that is amazing. Like, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So before the before, mm-hmm. I was born in the UK, born in London, lived there for one year. Wow. And then we moved to Switzerland. My okay. dad works for the UN. Wow. So his job was the reason we moved so much. From there, we moved back to the UK, moved to like three different houses in England. So same school, but still moving. And then in 2004, I was 10 years old. We moved to New York and my dad had a diplomatic position at the UN. So it's supposed to just be for three years. Um, So I moved to the US thinking that it was temporary. We moved to Westchester, New York, which is just outside the city. You know, I definitely felt different there like upon arriving. I remember my first day of school and it's pretty interesting how different British culture is to American culture. Like I I wouldn't have expected it. Mm. But just even, you know, talking to the kids at school, like certain words were different and I just felt embarrassed. Like I was like, I sound crazy. They're looking at me like I'm crazy. And it was a very tight knit community that I like wasn't a part of. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an interesting like way to grow up. So from there, we ended up staying in America. My dad changed his job within the UN so that we could stay because we were enjoying it. Um, so we d- still moved house a lot. 
throughout high school, I definitely felt like I didn't fit in. I did have a core, you know, a group of friends, but I wasn't confident. Like I hadn't found myself yet. I didn't know what I was passionate about. I didn't know, you know, how to speak up, you know, things that you learn as you get older. Um, And then my junior year of high school, my parents divorced, which for me was a pivotal moment in my life. I think partially because the four of us, my sister and I, my mom and dad have moved to the US together. So we were like on this adventure together. So them splitting up was kind of like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Our little unit is split up. So disorienting, right? Disorienting, exactly. And I think that's where my mental health issues kind of came to surface. Um, So at that point I had a lot of anger and sadness and I was just like ready to get out of that town. Mm. So I ended up going to college in Philadelphia at Drexel University and I was ready to go. I was like, I'm going to start a whole new life. And I went with the intention of, you know, making new friends and having a great time. And I did. I had some of the best uh, times of my life at college, but also some of the worst. So going to college, I was new to like the whole party scene. I hadn't done it in high school. So I went full out you know I was like oh this is fun so I was going out every night I ended up being on social probation academic probation failing classes but having a great time um meeting a ton of people I had a ton of friends I was really enjoying myself I joined a sorority but school was not a priority for me um it wasn't in high school either I definitely struggled with school and yeah it was just interesting trying to balance like this new social life I had with school and my mental health issues, adding drinking in for sure didn't help. Mm. So while I was having this awesome time, it slowly started to become um, very turbulent, I would say, you know, around junior, senior year. The drinking was becoming, you know, it was getting in the way of like me improving as a person. Mm. And I didn't feel like I had any goals like throughout college or throughout my life and until that point. Mm-hmm. I never had something that I really wanted to achieve and work super hard for. And I definitely had like mood swings and issues with depression and anxiety. So um, around junior or senior year, that's when it got really bad for me. I was having issues with like self-harm and really scary, mm. scary experiences. So it was that that point where I went to get help. I went to a psychiatrist and... Yeah. Yeah, I had some like a childhood friend that struggled with self-harm and I remember mm-hmm. not knowing how to help her like yeah to be like, "Oh yeah, here's some cover-up to she was cutting her yeah. arms." And it's funny, it's not funny, but I was in New York and these people were talking about drugs and alcohol and partying and they were saying that everybody who does that to an extreme they're trying to run from something or to like mute the pain and yes it's really interesting because there's also part of it that isn't that like some people party to have fun Mm -hmm. but then I feel like the lines get blurred because as a human technically we all have pain yeah we all have a lot of pain yeah it's part of like the best people the most successful people and the life is painful yeah 100% and so it's interesting if there was like a tipping point that made it go from 
I'm just having a good time and meeting friends to yeah. like know I am hurting on the inside and yeah. this is like drowning that out. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it was definitely a point where I was like, this is interesting. I'm not happy unless I'm at every party and I'm always drunker than I should be. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely also an issue with being alone. Mm. I hated being alone and now I love being alone. Okay. Um, so, you know, that was a big sign for me that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's around then was when I ended up getting my diagnosis of borderline personality disorder, which a lot of people, I think, still don't really know about, but it's being spoken about more, which is great. And I love speaking about it because I think it helps mm-hmm. so many people, you know, figure out if they have it, if a loved one has it. Um, it can be misdiagnosed a lot. So I think it's good to talk about. What um, is it? Can you clarify? I kind of have my own definition than like the dictionary definition, mm-hmm. but it's an emotional disorder um, usually characterized by unstable mood, particularly with personal relationships. So mm. the way I like to describe it is it's like having third degree burns, but like emotionally. So wow. one look could really hurt your feelings or like one interaction, things just hurt you on a deeper level. So the way that I realized something was different about me is that my upset was like very different to my friend's upset, for example. Um, Mine felt like my world was ending at all times. Yeah. And the way I dealt with it was so unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And um, I've come such a long way since then. I never thought that I would be able to handle half the things I handle now just because of the diagnosis. Meaning like the knowledge helped you know how to heal it yeah okay I remember when I was finally diagnosed I felt a sigh of relief because I was like oh I can figure out how to battle this now because for so long I was just trying to numb pain that I didn't know where it was coming from yeah so that was a big step for me and right around that time in college was when I really hit like rock bottom Mm -hmm. um I was about to graduate I was on a number of medications for my diagnosis and failing every class. So there was no way I was gonna graduate. I had to drop out of school, move home with my dad, no degree, no job. And it kind of like just hit me um, that I didn't know who I was or what I was doing with my life. And that's where the fitness journey began. So. There's this book, I actually haven't read it, but (laughs) (laughs) there's this book. (laughs) I love reading, but I just haven't gotten to this one yet. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. And just as a concept, it's interesting because I've gone through so many health issues and I've realized that there's there's like a mind, body, spirit connection to everything is intertwined. And it's interesting because you talk about loneliness, you talk about the fact that like these things were deeply wounding you internally. And and then also you had the lifestyle of drinking. So mm-hmm. when we talk about like how you got to the before picture, which I feel like everybody can relate to in some way in their life, like yeah. even if it's not fitness, they can relate to that feeling of rock bottom. Yeah. Um, I am curious, like, was it the anxiety and stress? Was it literally like the calories and the insulin spikes of drinking? Was mm-hmm. it... Um, like feeling lonely 
because I feel like feeling lonely also impacts your hormones and I could go on a tangent yeah. about that. Was that the cause of the weight gain? Like, did you even see the weight gain happening? Because I think sometimes we can't even see it. Yeah, it it took me a while to realize. I think because I'd never really struggled with my weight before, mm-hmm. but I was in this place where the medication I was on was numbing the pain, but it was also numbing my sense of reality. Mm. So I was completely like, unaware of what I was doing to my body and my life. Mm -hmm. So I was eating things that would make me feel horrible. Like I always say like my breakfast was like two muffins like this big Mm -hmm. and like a huge iced coffee with milk and sugar. And for someone that had an emotional disorder with mood issues as it was, I was adding sugar to the mix. So my my energy was up and down. Mm. I really wasn't helping myself feel good from the inside so i think it was just like emotional eating the drinking the the lack of grip on reality every everything kind of combined into one and and also just feeling like lost yeah and it just all coming to a point where i didn't recognize myself and i didn't know who i was so it kind of like when I look at that picture, for me, it's less about how my body looks, more like I know where I was at in that photo and it was mm. not a good place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. It's so inspirational. I think that I actually went to the Soul Cycle class years ago and I was in the back. I was a little overwhelmed. I'd never done the class. The lights were off. I was like, what, what am I doing right now? Yeah. And I didn't know how hard to push myself because I didn't want to pass out which is such a ridiculous fear to have as a beginner you're not sure right you're not sure and I remember the teacher um I was in the back of the class and literally the lights are off this is bizarre but anyways um the teacher said like if you're wondering how hard you should push yourself push yourself to the max because that's actually what builds the strength and the strength is why you came here like you you showed up literally and figuratively to see what you were made of to see how hard you can push yourself and there's something really beautiful about struggle in that it's such an opportunity and perhaps I don't know but perhaps you might not become or have become who you are right now without the struggle so actually like the struggle in a way is a gift that catapult you to be this woman like the strength was created through the the resistance i was gonna say the exact same thing i agree 100 percent. i wouldn't be here right now i wouldn't have a business i wouldn't have a page i wouldn't be yeah. who i am if i didn't hit rock bottom back then yeah i'm so grateful that that happened to me because it was a huge reality check and also working myself out of it like the the struggle of getting into it and the struggle of getting it up the whole thing was a yeah. struggle yeah. so I learned so much about myself through that journey Mm. and getting myself out of it made me realize I am the only person that can change me. Like I'm the only one that can make a difference because I had people trying to get me healthy. I had people trying to convince me to- Like friends and family you mean? Yeah, like, you know, my dad, Greg at the time, he was into fitness always, like he's been into bodybuilding for most of his life so he was your boyfriend during the before picture yeah wow he was and he um he would go to the gym every day and cook his food and I was like I don't know what he's doing this looks 
really Psycho. not enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't want any part of this. Um, so I had to figure it out on my own, you know, and and want it for myself. And for me, like the biggest part of my journey was that I did it alone. And I think I needed to be alone. Do you think that you did it alone? Like, what do you mean by alone? Um, most of my journey, my fitness journey, so I, I pretty much spent a year just focusing on personal growth, like weight loss, health, mental toughness, ev- just everything. Yeah. Um, Greg was still at Drexel in Philly. So I was during oh. the week completely alone. Wow. Just, and it, it might sound crazy, but I struggled so badly being alone that going to the gym alone, the grocery store, all of it was hard for me. Yeah. So all of it felt new and like a challenge, but I just kept doing it. Yeah. And Greg would visit me on the weekend and he would actually weigh me and write down how much weight I lost because I didn't want to see the number. Wow. I was so scared of like what, where I was at, you know? Wow. So he'd be like, you lost two pounds this week or you lost three pounds this week. What a boyfriend, now fiance. But I actually, I wasn't planning on talking about relationships at all. Go ahead. (laughs) Haven't talked about them on any of my episodes, but... I'd gone on a date with this guy a couple years ago and he said that his biggest fear was to not be lovable. And I remember feeling so much empathy being like, how could you not feel lovable? And then 2020 happened and I felt the, like so unlovable. Like I would look in the mirror and I would yeah. just feel hate. And I pushed a lot of people away. And I'm curious how that went for you. I don't, I don't think I felt lovable during that time. I think it was a tough time for Greg and I. Um, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, he was there for me every day and da-da-da. He definitely supported me so much through my fitness journey. He taught me how to work out. He taught me how to eat like a bodybuilder. I ended up tweaking it a little bit. But but when I was at my heaviest and unhealthy and my mental health was a wreck, I didn't treat him well because Mm. I wasn't treating myself well. It's really difficult yeah to do that if you're not in a good place yourself so i'm not proud of how i treated him back then and i think both of us had so much growth to do but that's kind of what has made our relationship so strong now i think is that he's seen me at my worst and i've seen him at his worst as well Mm. and um i don't think we expected to change this much but it's so cool that we got to do it together yeah wow that's so inspiring I would love to know what the thought process was. Like, I think our self-talk is so critical. And like when you are going from one thing to the next, it's easy to just have our eyes on these like micro goals throughout our day. But then when you're at night, like alone or when you're waking up or when you're doing the stuff on your own, we have these subconscious and conscious conversations with ourselves and those are what create our habits which create our reality and I'm curious if all of that was going one way for you how did you successfully rewire your brain I used a lot of social media I used really podcasts okay like in a big way okay a lot of like nutrition podcasts a lot of like other fitness influencers vlogs mm-hmm. and like what I eat in a day. I like really f- try to fill my head with positive motivational content. Wow. And I was alone a lot of the time. Like mm-hmm. I during my fitness journey, 
I didn't hang out with a lot of people. I was really focused all the time. Mm-hmm. I ended up going back to school to get my finish my degree and I would drive to Philly and back like every week. Wow. And the whole way I was listening to podcasts. So I think that helped and Greg really helped kind of build my confidence. I guess I just made sure I was surrounded by the right people in taking the right things. I mean, there's so much out there now, mm-hmm. so much noise on social media. Totally. And you could really listen to whatever you want and watch things that fill your head with bad thoughts too. So I just tried to really like watch what I was intaking. Yeah. And that helped. I love that. It's like the mental diet to yeah. keep the stuff clean that's I know, coming it's not, in. It sounds like I'm talking about food, but like yeah. it, it really did help. Yeah. Um, so I want to see how that developed into like the after, like how you you obviously healed your understanding of nutrition, yeah. which helped. You probably stopped drinking. Yes. You understood your mental health better. Mm-hmm. And I know that you did keto for a while, which is funny because I also feel like when I was on keto, I was like, I have zero mood swings. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. It's great for your brain. But did you think that you would achieve it? Like, did you first believe that you were going to be the 2021 version of who you are now? Is that? I would say during my fitness journey, I I was shooting for the stars. Like I was aiming really high. Mm-hmm. The women I emulated were like bodybuilding pros and girls mm. with muscle. And I really wanted like, I wanted to look like I worked hard mm. and I want and while doing that I learned how to work hard you know yeah, what I mean yeah um I don't think I expected to have businesses I didn't expect to have um a social media following I didn't expect no I I didn't ex- I didn't expect to live in LA I think I just knew that the one thing I kept telling myself is if I work as hard as I possibly can good things will happen I love that. So that that was kind of like my, the one thing I knew, but no, I didn't expect this. No. Yeah. One thing that's amazing is the fitness space has got to be one of the most competitive, diluted markets. Yeah. And, and then there are people that are like doctors and this and that. And, and how did you grow your platform in, in such a competitive market? I think my, number one thing with my page has always been about the um being relatable Mm. and I think sharing my personal story like the good the bad the ugly everything Mm -hmm. has just made me more personable yeah I've never claimed to be a professional or the best fitness influencer out there I don't know everything there is to know but I'm always trying to grow and I really take my followers along with me as if it's a diary. I've always treated my Instagram as a diary. Mm. I use my story as like a vlog every day. Yeah. And I think that's really kept them. I mean, I have followers that have followed me from the very beginning. And I think that's so crazy. Yeah. And they've watched me, you know, through so many seasons of my life. And, you know, they they helped me launch my brand. Like they helped me pick the label they help me pick the flavors that they're involved in everything so I think that that's what helped me grow and I hope to keep doing that I mean the platform has changed so much I'm sure 
you know. You mean like the actual Instagram? The content, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy how much it's changed from like these static posts where they're very posed and intentional and now they just want to see fast-paced videos and reels yeah. and it's it's crazy how much it's changed but I hope to keep keep them involved in everything I'm doing because I think that that's the most important thing. So I feel like nobody assumes that their first launch or and like that's such a huge number to have a launch get like one I think it was 1.5 right? Million? Our greens? Yeah. Yes we had a we had a big launch day we sold 25,000 units of Crazy. greens in one day. It was the craziest day. Did you even have 25,000 units at the time? Barely. Okay. Barely. <laughs> so you knew. We sold out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So how does that happen? Because obviously you have to have great product. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it's a really competitive market. Yeah. And for that to happen, I mean, that is so much work, right? Yeah. It was a lot of work, I think. Yeah, one great product. It has mm -hmm. to start with a good product. Um, I really believed in the product. Mm -hmm. It's our greens, which is still our bestseller. It was the first greens, I think, on the market that tasted good and actually did what they said they could do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think what really helped was one, the fact that Greg and I showed so much of our life and it was so personable. We showed me taking greens on vacation like me taking them when I have a hangover like me when I'm bloated and mm. I think taking your followers along on the production side on you know showing me using it to every step makes them feel a part of the process and it makes them ultimately want to be you know involved in the launch and they want to buy the product so I think this launch was like maybe our because the green sold out a few times. Mm -hmm. That's one of the struggles of being self-funded is keeping inventory in stock because it's so expensive. Yeah. So we were unable to afford the amount that our customers wanted, if that wow. makes sense. Yeah, so, for sure. It's funny, I was gonna ask you about that, but then yeah. I thought, because I, I wanted to ask, there's so much risk in investing time, let alone money, into yeah. doing the next big step. Yeah. And how did you figure out like where that balance of risk would be to invest in 25,000 products is yeah. a lot it's a lot it's it's millions of dollars and it was yeah. scary like as I was just telling you our first product was a pdf that's where we started to build capital okay over time um so everything we made we put back in and that's still how our business runs and it's scary like it's all of our money back then it was all of our money Mm -hmm. um one thing i would say is that greg and i both are big risk takers which can be good and good and bad that's great um, yeah in business it's helped us because we were always willing to take the leap we've made mistakes like one time we tried to do sweatshirts and they sold but we also sold a size that we didn't even have um oh. so the, you know there's <laughs> things that yeah 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 there's th you know there's things <laughs> that happen problem. exactly yeah. but you have to make those mistakes mm -hmm. to learn and continue and i feel like if you you know if you wait till everything's perfect you just you'll never make it happen have you ever been afraid that you'd fail like how do you know that a photo and an instagram following is going to translate into sales you don't it, you don't. I mean, I remember when we first launched Bloom, we had been sampling 
pre-workouts the whole year prior and I was very nervous I was like this is scary territory because Mm. the safe thing with the pdf is it it's just a pdf it lives forever it doesn't have much overhead you don't have to keep paying money to keep it in stock it just lives right Right. so with the supplements it was suddenly like are they gonna move are they gonna like it are we gonna have to get more so it was scary um but I think having Greg help you know be there with me was really helpful because I think you've met Greg before but he 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 has so much confidence to him I mean Mm. he's a big risk taker and a little bit impulsive at times but like he just carries it with confidence and I've always just trusted him yeah and as I said like what I learned through fitness is if you work as hard as you possibly can it will work out so that's kind of just what we continue doing with bloom yeah and that's not to say that our products have always been perfect like we've you know we have products that I look back on and I'm like oh god like that could have been way better but that's the thing if you don't look back and have products you're not proud of then you you probably started too late you know what I mean yeah totally um so yeah there's two things I want to say about that one is I remember one of my friends captioning his Instagram photo saying um he'd posted a photo from the year before he's like this photo is cringy but if you don't look back on your previous stuff and feel uncomfortable then you're not growing fast enough exactly and I really feel like it's sometimes there's this false sense of I need to be perfect right now and yeah I know that for me whenever I go on stage I tell myself this is the best I've ever been and it's also the worst I'm ever gonna be yeah and that gives you the freedom to mess up because you know that that's experience and that there there's no like what is perfection there's just like progress yes right? i agree i don't know how you get on stage but i agree oh, I 100 it. oh my gosh <laughs> it's so fun i could never but i love that mindset and i i agree 100 percent. yeah um i want to talk a little bit about like your personal life and your thought process and we talked a little bit at the beginning about how there's a culmination of things and anxieties and um habits that created the before photo yeah and I want to know when you have ambition and you also have like a healthy sense of balance in your desires like like how do you find the balance and if you had to um prioritize like how do you prioritize having a life and working yeah and being healthy yeah it's tough like it's definitely a balancing act like I can relate 100 percent Um, we set rule. I mean, I set rules for myself. So when you saw Greg and I on that bike, Saturday date night is not an option. Like every Saturday we're doing a date night. Every Saturday? Every Saturday. Give me a boyfriend there. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. It is. No, seriously. It's, it's so important to us. Wow. And usually we'll say like no phones at the table, unless I'm taking a food pick, then it's allowed, but, um, no phones at the table, our evenings are very important to us. Mm. So I think just like having rules and it doesn't sound fun, but like kind of, it just makes sure you make that happen. And I wouldn't say I have the most social life. I don't have the most active social life. Mm. I think just because my lifestyle makes it challenging for me. The 5 a.m. 
Yeah. I woke up at 5 a.m. so many times last week and I'd go to the gym like, why is Mari at the gym? <laughs> That's when I like to work out. Yeah. But it's also the only time, like I kind of have to wake up at that time if I want to make sure everything else in my day happens the way I want it to. Mm. And it's hard. Like yeah. I wake up a lot of times not wanting to go. And um, yeah, yeah I, I was surprised to see you there too. I was like, wow, this is great. Well, <laughs> the truth is, this is I'm kind of in this weird phase of my life where my whole life has been living for those early mornings. The mm -hmm. like, how can you push yourself today and optimize yeah. your day and get like have dinner at six, go to bed at 10, you mm -hmm. know? And then I just realized that it was really impacting my ability to date and yeah. my friendships yeah. and even to this day I'm like why do I go home from parties so early and for me I don't necessarily feel like that's healthy at this stage in my life I'm like I need to live a little bit but then yeah. but then but I'm in a different place like I'm yeah. engaged I right. have a guy there right and you know I do try to push myself sometimes to socialize and go out and I think yeah. that if I was single I, I would need to to do that but I feel like everyone's at a different place and has different needs and yeah. um I think just making sure that you make time for what's important is all that matters and you still go to the gym every day I'm pretty yeah. sure yeah and I love it <laughs> yeah you gotta as long as you make it happen right and yeah. um for me interestingly enough the the 5 a.m workouts or 6 a.m workouts have really helped me with my anxiety because mm. I found a lot of my anxiety happening in the morning. I would wake wow. up and be nervous for my whole day because I get intimidated sometimes by what I have on my schedule, mm. which I guess is a good thing, but like it was really starting to take over my life. And these workouts that I've been doing so early, there's nothing I can think about except the workout. You yeah. know, it's almost like the physical toughness and pain distracts from whatever my brain's trying to do so it really just helps me start on the best foot possible and it gives you endorphins right yes exactly i love yes. the after gym feeling i know even like halfway through the workout i know like whoa this is what i live you, for <laughs> yeah you just get euphoric yeah and i skip yeah. out of the gym and then i'm you know back in there the next day and it's yeah. it's tough but it, it really does help me yeah um Okay, I have some rapid fire questions. Then we're gonna do some dares, Kay. and then oh my gosh, I am so excited that you've been on this show. Rapid fire, um, yeah. Okay, so the first one is, in a way, we just talked about it. But on any given day, if you had five options but could only pick three, which would you choose? Sleep, working out, work, friends, romance. Working out, romance, work. <laughs> okay so forget sleep and friends but forget I, <laughs> sleep and friends who needs them exactly <laughs> um okay what do you wish you could tell your younger self i'm sure you get that question a lot no i never have wow i never have um i would tell myself that to trust myself more mm. and have more confidence Wow. Yeah. I was a really shy, unsure kid. And now I'm like, why? You know? Wow. I love that. It's funny. I was just, I was at Whole Foods yesterday and this girl said like, 
what made you so courageous? And I realized that it's not even that I'm courageous. It's more that I trust myself to fail. Yes. Or I trust myself to be worthy even in my imperfections. And I think for me, a huge thing that I've struggled with in my life is like this idea of being perfect to be loved. Um, I don't even think I realized it. I think it was a subconscious thing. Yeah. But the more you realize that like you're worthy and that you can trust yourself to have value regardless of what you're, what stage of life you're in, like that is power. Yeah. I think so many women struggle with that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. As kids, I feel like we're taught to be smaller and more quiet and more polite. And I, looking back, it just kind of makes me mad almost. Like I, if I, have a kid one day I want to make sure that they have all the confidence in the world and they're just like (laughs) taking it by storm because I was so shy and unsure of myself and I you know I wish I could go back but yeah I love that um what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think of the fitness industry (laughs) Ooh, I know Ooh. oh my gosh There's like, I think of like a split down the middle because there's such a great side of it. And I think that there's such a bad side of it. So I kind of think of like a clash, you know? Yeah. I think that there's so much out there that's kind of damaging for, Mm. for me too, even as a fitness influencer. Like I see things that make me feel bad about myself. There's a lot of misinformation. Um, people put things out there to make a profit, you know? Yeah. Um, so I kind of think of like the divide, which is a little bit intense, but <laughs> yeah. So I was rewatching all of Mari's videos last night. And I think I told you this before the episode started taping. But um, one thing this was like so simple, but I, w- I just felt mind blown by re-listening was you said there's a difference between weight loss and fat loss. Yeah. And. I think that maybe the unhealthy side of the fitness industry talks so much about weight loss, including like my mom and my grandma, like it was passed down generationally, like all this misinformation, um, which creates such unhealthy um, ideas of what you need to do to be what you want to be. Yes. And I feel like you are, you are the good side of the fitness industry. Like you are a voice of health Mm -hmm. and how to be balanced and oh my god thank god for Mari (laughs) I love it it's amazing I appreciate it yeah but I agree I feel like there's so many people that try to kind of sell this like mysterious weight loss idea and it's it doesn't exist you know there's there's facts it's a science and um I remember when I first started my page I had all these questions from girls who were so misled by by other people Mm. who felt like certain foods were evil and some foods would help them lose weight like specific foods and I was like that's just not how it works so yeah um yeah it's really interesting do you have like a top three top five nutrition tips Ooh, (laughs) yeah I do I could do a top three okay top three number one do what works for you okay I think a lot of people think how do you know what works for you though so on my journey I actually started out eating just like Greg because he was kind of like my only example. So mm-hmm. I was having like, I remember my first meal, I made six eggs oh and a bowl of oatmeal and like blueberries. And wow. I was like, hmm, 
I don't feel great. Like this, <laughs> this seems like a lot. And Greg was, is macho. For those of you guys who don't know, he looks like he's Hulk. Two hundred and twenty you know? pounds, bodybuilder, sure. and I was eating the same amount as him. Yeah, so I was like, okay, I'll you know I'll tone it down. Um, but I was personally finding carbs making it difficult for me to get through my day. Um, the energy spike was making mm-hmm. me super hungry, like every hour. It was affecting my mood in a negative way. So I tried a high fat, low carb diet and that mm-hmm. kept me really stable in terms of my hunger levels, my energy, my mood. I was like, okay, this must be what works for me. Yeah. Um, and for example, Greg thrives on carbs. He feels great. He had potatoes for lunch today. Um, I had chia pudding. So it's really interesting and he can lose weight on that diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just figuring out, you know, what's, benefiting your body and your brain because both are important yeah i love that do you believe in intermittent fasting i know it's like such it's a such a it's such a hot topic and greg likes fasting mm-hmm. um it's not for me like i'm hungry right after my workout yeah and i need to eat immediately yeah but i know it works for some people so i, d- I don't necessarily have an opinion on it but i it doesn't work for me and then there's like the three meal a day tribe, the one meal a day tribe, the five meal a day. Oh my gosh. I, I used to do one meal a day when I was keto and I just realized like that is not a healthy. I couldn't do that. It would yeah. be a ginormous meal if I did that. Yeah. It would have to be huge. Yeah. So what do you, do you do three meals, five meals? I'm, I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> I have breakfast, a snack, lunch, another snack, dinner. It's probably five. Wow. Yeah, and I guess they're smaller. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess I kind of eat a lot of meals in the day. Which is fascinating. Talk about misinformation because, like, all these doctors are online talking about how, like, the only way Yeah, to achieve no, your I goals. don't think there is an only way. I yeah. think that everyone is different. And also picking a diet that fits your lifestyle because I feel like people emulate a certain person and try to do the, their exact diet and it doesn't fit with their schedule or, or their likes or their, yeah. you know, so figuring out something that works for you and something you can stick to. I love that. Um, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Greg? His <laughs> laugh. Oh, that's cute. He sounds like a dolphin <laughs> or like, you know, Ronnie from the Jersey Shore. Can you send me an audio sample? Yeah, <laughs> I will. His laugh is all over the internet, I think. Oh my God, I love that. Um, who are your dream collaborators? Like companies or people? Both, either. Give me three. Oh my gosh. Companies, I would love to do a clothing collab with Mm. maybe like an aloe yoga, something Mm. in activewear. I love activewear and loungewear. Yeah. Before I had a page, I was like a big influencer follower. Like I had people that I really admired. Mm. Like who? I love David Goggins. He's not necessarily an influencer, but he had a crazy childhood and made an audio book about it called you can't hurt me wow and i think i listened to it six times really yes and i would love to meet him collab with him wow and then the third oh ear one (laughs) that came to me can i get a free membership (laughs) not a free membership sorry or a smoothie their membership is not valuable in my opinion (laughs) at all but i have it It doesn't. it's just like a i think a psychological oh yeah it feels cool like to scan your Your thumb oh my god you feel cool but it it doesn't do anything yeah but i'd love to have like a mari smoothie that would be life goals okay i'd like to have a lifetime supply of (laughs) 
<laughs> air one. Just I feel like that's going to be my metric for like when I know I've made it is yeah. when I get all my groceries from air one. <laughs> uh, if you're not in LA, then well. Okay, couple more questions. If you could achieve anything, what would it be? Would love to have a podcast. I told you that. I'm very yeah. interested in doing that. We would like to buy a house by the end of the year. Wow. That's another goal. Um, kids? Definitely want kids. Wow. I definitely want kids, yeah. Are you ready for them? Not right now. Okay. I know that I'm not because I had a dream that I had a kid and I was panicking. Me too. <laughs> I had a dream that I had a kid and the kid ended up practically being Moses, you know? Like, I I think halfway <laughs> through the dream, I was like, oh, shoot, did I, like, ship him off to my mom, you know? <laughs> I was like... Ah. I woke up, like, in sweats and I was like, okay, I, like, sweating, not in sweats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was like, I'm definitely not ready for this in my life. But I, I would love to have a kid. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, me too. At one point. Yeah. I kind of feel pressure that I'm just like not ready at all. I know. It's like, when do you know that you're ready? That's the other thing. When you're getting all your groceries from Air One? Yeah. Is that when you're ready? <laughs> Actually, that might be it. Yeah. I see happens. really cute babies at Air One. But. Yeah, I know. Okay, last question. Whose covers would you like to see under? Not like in real life, but on the show. <laughs> Ooh, who would I like to see on the show? Mm. I would love to see... Um, a TikToker on here mm. because it's a world that I kind of partake in, but I also don't understand. Yeah. So maybe like Addison Ray or Charlie D'Amelio, and I would love I know to know someone. like, <laughs> let's get them on here. Yeah. I want to know like their, I mean, their rise to fame so quickly has been so insane, and it's yeah. interesting how the influencer world, like when I was a part of it, it was still kind of new. Mm. But for them, it already existed. So I'm yeah. wondering how different that is and what that looks like. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Actually, I have one more question and then we'll end it. I'm ready. Do you think that people get lucky or are they hardworking? Um, I think I would say hard work is more important. Um, I think that it's possible to come around at the right time. TikTok is a weird world, like maybe not specifically about TikTok. Yeah. But I think if, you know, you have that one video that goes viral or you get lucky one day, you have to keep it up, right? You have yeah. to you have to keep working on it and growing and putting yourself out there. Um, I know for me it was a lot of hard work. So I'm sure you've had the same thing if someone tells you, Oh, you're so lucky, it's you know, kind of a backhanded compliment because yeah. we're behind the scenes it's a lot of yeah it's blood, like the tip of tears. the iceberg exactly yeah exactly i love it mari you are amazing i've said it before but you are superwoman thank you for and having me i just love everything that you're creating everything you stand for thank you thanks yeah. for having me thanks for being on hi my name is layla perry and you're watching under the covers my show about the risks taken the mountains climbed and the victories behind some of the biggest game changers shaping culture and entertainment today jeremy Fox, yes, max lugavere <laughs> Mari Llewellyn. It's me. Glenn Coco. <laughs> Drumroll. Graham Bunn. <laughs> Scott Hansen. Greatest <laughs> intro ever. Give it a year, I bet they'll call you a genius. <laughs>